0: Welcome aboard CCO's The Science of Fishing, your one-stop destination in the ever-evolving world of fishing. Here, stay ahead with our latest reports and innovative tactics, all tailored to help you land the catch of the day every day. Each episode dives into seasoned anglers insights and the top-tier products they use to prepare you to make every fishing trip a success story. A big shout-out to our generous sponsors, Gulfstream Lures, Tackle Crafters, and Black Reef Spearfishing for making this podcast possible. And now, let's cast off into our angling adventure. Introducing your trusty guide and host, Mark Farag.
1: What's going on, everybody? Mark here with Center Consoles Only, The Science of Fishing. I'm here with Johnny Jigs today. Welcome, Johnny. Welcome to the studio, Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, guys, today we're going to talk about slow-pitch jigging, We're going to talk about all that you need for slow pitch jigging from the rods, the reels, the tackle that you need, and we're going to talk about some of Johnny's most recent trips from Louisiana, San Diego, down to Keys, and Pulley Ridge, and all the good stuff that he does. So, Johnny, what's going on, man? How you been lately? I've been great. Good. Things are good.
2: Good. Good, Jigging world is good. Jigging's taken off all over the United States, and it's been um, um, just a... uh, Amazing adventure. A lot of big stuff happening with
1: uh, Johnny Jigs right now, actually. That's awesome, man. Tell me a little bit about that. What do you guys got rolling? I know some uh, Florida Sport Fishing Magazine stuff, right? That's right. That was pretty cool. So
2: they they gave me the um, cover of Florida Sport Fishing Magazine. I think it was um, June, May and June edition. So from growing up as a kid in South Florida, reading that magazine my entire you know, life, basically my whole fishing career to be, uh, on the cover of the magazine. That was very special for me and to send a copy to my dad really was, you know, really cool for him to see that. But, uh, so yeah, we've partnered up with them, um, in some, some aspects, I actually wrote an article for that magazine on deep drop jigging, um, um, very detailed into the, the science of deep drop, slow pitch jigging. Um, and then also, you know, they carry some of our jigs. So we've put together some really cool packs for them to, to sell and you get it at a better price than you can actually get it from
1: Chummy Jigs. So it's a good deal. <laughs> it's a good deal all the way around for everybody. That's but, awesome, um, man. That's but, awesome. But, so, yeah, man. So jigging's taken off a little bit. So not a lot of people know about slope jigging, right? Everybody knows you fast vertical jig or the regular fishing. So what's up with slope jigging? What is it exactly for someone that doesn't know?
2: The thing about, so high-speed vertical jigging, right. very effective, right? Very effective for pelagic fish, but very exhausting. And granted, there are some, some, you know, warriors out there that can do it all day long. I don't know how. I have ripped that jig from the bottom to the top a couple of times, and I'm done, right? And yeah. high-speed jigging is a fleeing uh, bait fish, right? So it's something moving fast. A lot of predators will chase something moving fast, Slow fish jigging is exactly like it's um, um, worded. You slow it down. So now you lift this metal and you allow it to fall slowly. And it looks like it's a, um injured bait fish. So you got to think about the risk versus reward whenever um, a predator is going after a fish. So for an injured bait fish, you know, if it's in front of their face, they're just going to eat it, right? It's right. just too easy. Yeah. So, sometimes I really even think like, it's more annoying them than anything. Right. Like, cause you keep flicking this thing up and it's just kind of fluttering in front of, in front so of them and just out of spite, they're going to hit it, you know? Yeah. You think you get a lot of reaction bites as opposed to like a chase. Yes. It's, it's a lot of reactions, but, but the neat thing about slow pitch um, versus high speed is that you can do both. Right. So you can, you can high speed a J um, with your slow pitch outfit. And so we'll do that a lot of times, actually just recently when I was in, um, um, Louisiana. And I'll tell you a little bit about that story later, but, but, um, I was trying to do a, a, um, tutorial on, on technique, um, for the camera. And so a lot of times I'll let the jig hit the bottom. As soon as it taps bottom, I give it a couple high speeds right off the bottom. That's my first move a lot of times. And it, it attracts attention, but the first time it hit the bottom, I rip it and then boom, I get hit. Really? and I'm like, okay, we're going to go back into this, you know, after I get this fish, in. so we we events we essentially start filming again. After I get that fish in, I'm like, okay, yeah. guys, let me explain it to you guys again. Since I get hooked up on the first one, <laughs> I tap bottom, I rip it, and boom, I get hit again. So yeah. so you can you can do that fast, high speed with the slow pitch, and then slow it down. So you've you get a little bit more of a diverse way of, of jigging right. with the slow pitch.
1: It's more of a finesse kind of. It's a finesse. That's yeah.
2: cool. Man. There is a finesse.
1: There's an art to it. Yeah. Well, absolutely
0: but I mean, anybody can do it really
2: any anybody anybody can do it as absolutely. long as you got two arms and you can jig yeah, a rod that's it. Good. that's it yep and okay. you and you don't need all the um special gear to i was do. gonna ask you about that but, what do you need but you'll be more effective Okay. with the right gear, you know, and I, I can always, I hear my dad every time I say that, you know, you need the right tool for the job, son, you know, and yeah. it's like, so you're not going to cut down a tree with a, with a handsaw, you know, a big tree with a handsaw. like you got to have the right tool for the job. And the fact of the matter is people look at our, our rods our slow pitch rods. And they're like, well, why do you need these little tiny rods? Why can't you go with something stout? Cause the, the fact of the matter is this, you're jigging all day right and it can be tiresome right because right. you're actively fishing you're not soaking a bait and thumb in a spool or, or your got, you know um, a live bait just on the on the bait run or something you're actively jigging so the lighter you can go with your gear the longer that you can stay in the strike zone right. with, with the gear so so that's why we use the rods and then the second purpose of these light rods is that if you look at the action of them if you could see a video of, of um, someone jigging you can go to our, our our YouTube channel, Johnny Jigs uh, TV and see the action of these rods and how they slowly unload. It does a couple things. It, it imparts an action on the lure that looks like it's wounded. It slows it down, right? Even though you can yeah. go fast, it slows it down. So, so there's two, two things to that. It's the fact that it's light and then also the fact that it, it imparts
1: a better action on the lure. That so, makes sense. So then what you, you're definitely using different reels then. You're not using the same, you know, big conventional,
2: right, right. So, so you want to, you want a narrow spool when it comes to slow pitch shooting because How come? whenever if you have a wide spool, then you're 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 not able to grip the the reel and the rod at the same time right? So the reel becomes a part of your handle and your control as you're working the jig, as you're working the rod, um, and the reel. So you want to be able to grip it. If you have a wide spool, your hand turns, you know, sideways and you can't really get a proper grip on it. So for me, I want it to be comfortable, right? So th- right. there's a few reels that I, that I, I really like to use. Um, Um, One being the most comfortable for me and is the Accurate Valiant 500N. I really enjoy that because it it fits nicely in my hand. Um, The other one is I use a Daiwa Saltiga 35JH. And those are like the the middle class of reels that I use. But I'm looking for um, a lot of times on from, I would say, 500 feet and less. I like a high speed retrieval because whenever I turn that handle, I can actually put better action on the jig. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is I would recommend something with a high-speed retrieval for, for guys just starting because it helps them to put movement on the jig. That's the right. biggest, I think that's the biggest um, thing that guys get wrong their first time on the water slope is shooting is that they're not um, putting action on the jig. And then second thing is they leave tension on the line. They're not allowing the jig to fall and flutter and do what it's designed to do. So, so a high-speed reel is definitely the way to go. Um, for deep dropping, which gets a lot more technical. Um, is snow. that
1: like five hundred plus? Five hundred plus. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, the deepest I've jigged is um fourteen hundred feet. Wow. Um, manually. Non-electric.
1: Not electric. Make some electric though, right? They do. Yes. Do You so like them or no? I do. Okay. <laughs> I do.
2: So there, I'm not a purist, right? There's right. guys that are purists and they want to stick to the you know, traditional way of slow pitch and I can teach you traditional way of slow pitch all day long. I understand slow pitch jigging, you know, but at the end of the day, for me, I like to catch fish. Right. And when by any means necessary, yeah. you know, that's my thing. Electric right? or not. <laughs> so, um, Daiwa does make a, um, 300 J, um, which is a micro electric reel which works perfect for for deep dropping okay and so we go out with these little um lithium battery packs that are like on a satchel on our side you plug it in so you're mobile you can move all the way around the boat that battery will last you for two days you'll never wow. run out of battery. you could charge your cell phone at the same time and you <laughs> still won't run out of battery That's right awesome. but um the microelectrics are are definitely coming um, um into play now they're not available in Um, the U S market, they're only available Japanese domestic market. So we import them from Japan, um, on our website, JohnnyJigs.com. Um, one thing I can tell you though, they're coming. So okay. I have got some inside information from Daiwa. It's gonna happen. We're gonna have them here, and not only that, we're gonna have a US model that's made for um, us, uh, Barney Rubbles who are rough really? on our stuff. You know, a little yeah. bit, a little bit hardier of, of a deal um, is what they're gonna bring in. So those microelectrics are
1: so sweet. Man. Yeah, they like, probably save your arm a bunch, right?
2: Yeah. Well, if you're if you're on like a long range trip where you're actually deep dropping for two days straight, yeah. i mean i've done it and i'm in decent shape you know but it is still brutal so at some point in time you just want to push the button (laughs) Uh, and guys give guys give me guys give me a hard time on on you know our social media on our youtube channel stuff like that and they tell me oh you know why don't you go home and play xbox but (laughs) it's like all right dude i want to see you out there doing this with me you know, I guarantee you all, I can probably go longer than you, but eventually <laughs> you're gonna quit and I'm gonna catch more fish than you
1: with my electric. Right, you know, 100%. So you're talking about those long range trips. Where have you been recently? Recently, I did a long range trip
2: out of San Diego okay. in May. That's pretty interesting. Um, Would you guys count- do bluefin? We were looking for bluefin. Okay. Yep. And, and how'd that go? It's, that's a tough, it's a tough place for us to go to, right? Yeah. It's, so California's just kind of catch it on to the slow pitch jigging game. And then whenever, you know, we're, we're like, we're trying to take it to the next level. So we're looking for those beast triple digit fish yeah. on light gear. So when you get on a boat with a, a seasoned captain and crew that have been doing it one way forever. Yeah. They don't like you. You piss some people right. off. They don't like you, you right? <laughs> they, they they think that you're gonna cause problems. Yeah. And, and and I get it. You know, I get it. And yeah. and the thing is, is that when you're when you're going for triple digit fish on light gear, you don't want to um, you don't want to keep the boat waiting, right? If they're right. off the fish and you're still fighting a fish, you want to keep it moving. But we were confident in our gear getting on the boat, and yeah. um, we actually fished the uh, 800 narrow that accurate um, outfitted for us um, just for Johnny jigs oh, wow. with an SPJ handle two speed. So okay. we were, we were rocking.
1: You speed. were ripping them in, man. Dude, we were rocking them. In. Was the crew like just astounded? Yes, <laughs> yes. So so we limited out right. Really. What was your biggest? Mine
2: my, my biggest was just in the triple digits at a hundred pounds. Will okay. Crane from my crew caught like a hundred and fifty pounder wow. um on our SJ railer slow pitch rods. So we all made, slow pitch jing. So we made this, we made this we did San Diego last year. Okay. Right? And we we were like, okay. We need to do something a little bit different with the rod, right? So it's not your traditional slow pitch rod in the sense that that it's like six foot two, six foot three, or six six. A lot of slow pitch rods are in that range. We made this one; it's like it's it's almost eight foot, right? So you can get out past the boat because these these bluefin tunas do this long death roll, yeah. And you want to make sure you're not hitting the hole. Then we also took the butt section of it to where you can lay it on the, on the rail if you need it to, because okay. these fish are incredibly powerful. Yeah. So this trip, we took that rod out there <laughs> and they still laughed at our rods. You really? Know? Uh, we've heard everything, trout
1: <laughs> rod, Toys R Us rod, Barbie rod, everything you can think of. Yeah. And we crushed them, dude. So did you guys outdo pretty much everybody? We,
2: we hung in. There's some good anglers on the boat. You right. Know, there's guys. There's the regulars that that are there all the time. Yeah. We're right there with them. Really? Anyway, right there with. Them. So they were probably shook too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's cool, man. It's yeah. and and you know what? We get on. Generally, we get on the boat and and people are doubting us and they make fun of us. It's in good fun. We take yeah, it in yeah, strides. You know. I like it. And then motivation. We, we let our rods do the talking for us. You right. know. And and and. Almost every time, you know, yeah,
1: it pays off. So how many fish did you end up with that trip? Um,
2: I got four bluefin tunas okay. and we were, we were maxed out. Really? So how many of guys were with you? We were catching, um, there was, it was Will, Chris, Bob, and myself. You um, all limited out? Well, we couldn't limit out because we were catching such big bluefin that we filled the, the, the tanks on the boat. They really? Couldn't, they couldn't put any more. Oh, wow. So something interesting about, about, um, those boats out of San Diego, I mean, they've, they've got just this incredible fleet of long range boats and there's a yeah. bunch of them, you know, and they're beautiful boats and their storage. So here in South Florida, right. We're thinking ice. We got our big ice boxes. We throw the fish yeah. in there. They're on ice for them. The water's so cool in the Pacific that they actually have tanks where they just pump fresh water in there. So the fish just That's go good? in the tanks in the, yeah. In the hole, wow. which is, Yeah. Pretty interesting. How's the meat after that? It's perfect. Real? It's perfect. Yep. How many days were you guys out there? Four days. And the meat was good. after Meat was days. good. Wow. Meat was good. So it's kind of a trek to get it back to Florida. Like we we can't keep all of the fish yeah. that we catch, but but there's anglers that are you know very more than willing to to take yeah. whatever fish we don't take. But right. you end up um, they have these processing uh, facilities there that they um um in, in and incredible. Like amount of time like within like an hour they literally have your stuff vacuum sealed in a cooler uh like a um styrofoam cooler inside a box with airplane safety sticker
1: on it and you oh. check it in just like anything else that's awesome yeah so you got to bring some home we brought some home that's yeah, awesome yeah. man. yeah you guys were also recently in louisiana right Yes. What happened over we, there? <laughs> oh. Sounds like there's some cool stories from that.
2: Louisiana. It's man, we went out with this captain um um Jerry Menard. Okay. Great captain, man. And he yeah. he put us on some fish. We we just What were you targeting? We were going out for snapper and grouper. Okay. That's exactly what we wanted. You know, that's yeah. my that's my that's my favorite, you know. Yeah. But um the first day going out we get about halfway to our 120 mile distance, so 60 miles out, yeah. engine breaks down. Oh no! Right, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy, right? So the engine breaks down. We find out later that it was just an oil filter split, and the oil spewed out oh, um, into the cowling, and um, boat broke down. And then the second engine was was just it, it wasn't able to keep up. To, yeah. to get us back in. We're on a big aluminum hole, um, boat. And so we, he starts, he's got a sat phone. He's calling people. Um, he's got his uncle, um, back on land that's getting on the phone. You know, we're communicating with Coast Guard, with, um, uh, Louisiana game wardens and whatnot. Yeah. And so Louisiana game warden comes out, right? We haven't dropped a lure. 60 miles to you. Sixty yet? miles to oh. us, right? We haven't dropped the lure, right? Yeah. Like it, this is a long trek. I'm talking about it. Flights to Louisiana, hotels, rental cars, yeah. all the gear. You get out there and it's like, oh, right? We <laughs> yeah. break down. I get it. Typical boat stuff, right? right. But the, the, the Louisiana game warden comes out to where we're at. And they're like, all right, guys, just uh, set this boat adrift and uh, get in here with us. Brand new boat. What? Brand new boat. Dude. On the game warden's boat? He said they told us to just let that boat go adrift get onto their boat and they're going to take us in. They're in the
1: business of saving lives, not boats. Right. Interesting. Just let the boat go. No yeah. one on it.
2: So this is, this. Is, it's an aluminum hole, um, neural Walker boat. It's, it's one of, uh, it's the first one made. It's, it's kind of like an invincible, um, 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 what's where What's not, not a mono hole, but the cat is, the cat cat hole. Yeah. Right. And, um, brand new boat, brand new engines. Everything's brand new, brand new gear on yeah. it. And the captain's like, you guys go, I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So so we all had this, you know, bro moment, where we're like, Cap, you stay, we're staying, right? Yeah. So I started asking the the game warrant, I'm like Guys, what happens if you just leave us out here and uh, we don't make it? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, yeah. You know, like what what could possibly happen? What if our communication dies and we're just stuck out here forever and then yeah. and, but I look at like this was this was the the um this was the 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 thing. I looked at their boat and I realized that they had tow every, everything to tow a boat on their boat, they had the big cleat and everything that's, right. that they were set up for towing boats. Yeah, And so I'm mm-hmm. like, what about all that, you know, tow <laughs> stuff that you guys put <laughs> there? Yeah. And then eventually they, they, they decided to tow us in. So- Why
1: didn't they want that in the first place? I don't know,
2: I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. All I know is that, so f- for the next 11 hours at six miles an hour, we were a giant trolling lure Back into Louisiana. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah. And um um we get in and on our way back to the hotel we get stopped by the police at three in the morning and they're like, I'm like Dizzy, you know, like yeah. they think I'm drunk or something. You're delirious. I'm just delirious at this yeah. point, you know. And luckily, one of the guys was a a, a fisherman. He recognized us from Johnny Jigs, and, right. and he was like, oh, "Wait, I know you guys." And yeah, I'm like yeah, we <laughs> want to go to our hotel, please. Yeah, just want to get home. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. so we we um. Fixed the boat the following day. We pushed back all our flights. We pushed back everything. And then we went out to this spot that Captain Jerry Menard has out there in Louisiana. And let me tell you, it is incredible. Really? In the first six drops, Chris Doyle caught six scamp groupers. Wow. One after another after another. I was getting very (laughs) pissed off at that point. (laughs) But I caught a couple um, American Red Snappers in between his scamp groupers. And and then I, I... and this is this is a tr- this is a little nugget you guys cannot take home with you i looked at his jig i'm like what are you using you know because sometimes they key into an action a color yeah. and it's like if you're fishing with your buddies you know it's good to work as a team if you have the same jig that your buddy keeps catching fish on yeah. don't hesitate switch it out switch it out you know if i didn't catch those yeah. two american reds in between i would have switched out way earlier yeah. but i was pretty happy with those and um and then uh, I switched it out and started catching scamp grouper. Really? yeah. So they
1: were honed in on that one color. They were honed in yeah. on that one or that color. action or whatever yep. it is. Yep, yeah. the
2: one color. Um, and will will caught a very nice um yellow edge grouper, nice. which you know, just all scamp groupers probably my number one yellow edge is probably my number two of yeah. of fish to eat. But um, so that trip it turned, you know what I mean? It was an adventure. Yeah, it, it's always an adventure. Like you don't have to, you know. The bite was on that day. The bite, Thank God, the God, the man. bite was <laughs> on. Yeah, It's it. I, I feel like he took us out to just an area that's that's um, untouched, you know. Yeah. And it's is it popular to slow pitch out there in Louisiana? It's catching on. Okay. It's catching on. So so there's I want to say we have about four or five stores that stock um, our product in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that we send a ton of stuff, you know, via um, um, mail. To yeah. them a lot of orders online so i think it's catching on guys are interested you know right. and it's 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 catching on everywhere you know and yeah. why shouldn't it it catches fish right it, it catches fish if it works it, it works people say people say that you know oh this is this is a fad it's gonna fade and that to me that's like saying like trolling is a fad it's, a, it's gonna fade if it catches fish yeah how is it gonna fade right it doesn't it's make not, sense. It's not going to fade. <laughs> no, it's, it's can, just going to catch on. It can evolve. Right. You know, just like guys went from trolling to high-speed trolling to planer trolling. It right. can evolve. You right. know, I, I get that. But to fade
1: and, and be gone, never. Well, never. How have you seen it evolve over time? So you've probably seen it from inception to where it's at now.
2: Yeah. You know, there was, there was a handful of guys that were doing it here in the States before me. Um, Benny Ortiz being one. Um, Brian Dietz. Um, a guy named Ray, I can't remember his last name. Um, there was, there was a handful of guys that were doing it. And that's whenever I like shortly after them, I learned. And when I came back from, from a long range trip where I've learned about slow pitch jigging, um, I went into my local tackle shop and I'm like, just like, as a matter of fact, like like this is like a thing, you know what I mean? I'm like, I would like to get some slow pitch jigging gear, and they were like, what? Well, what is <laughs> that? Yeah, <they're laughs> like what? <laughs> so that that's that's you know and that was like an aha moment for me. I'm like, holy cow, we're doing something that nobody's doing, right? You know, which is which is cool, right? It's Different like, niche. Everybody wants to do something you know new and and exciting, you know. Yeah. And I was excited about the fact that I've like, you know, it's it's quick easy clean way to get out on the water and catch fish without bait you don't have to cut bait or anything like that right. you know it's super clean you know i always have bait i never run yeah. out of bait you it's know. always there i never run out of bait so so it's how it's changed um is it's becoming it is becoming popular and you know it's been popular in in japan since the 90s you know they're into micro jigging now like they're, yeah. they're they're doing all kinds of different stuff so um here in the states like Guys are guys are really adding it to their, their quiver, you know. It's yeah. it's just another tool for them to catch fish. And right. I can tell you, so for me, I I only slow pitch jig whenever I go on these long-range chips. I pretty right. much only slow pitch jig. Doesn't mean I don't know how to bait fish. I know yeah. how to bait fish, I did it for many years. I enjoy it, I love it, but people take pictures of me now and stuff like that and yeah, give yeah. me a hard time. So so I like to slow pitch jig. Right. But the guys that are diverse, right, that can switch from um, bait right. to the jig, and quickly and recognize that that the bite is changing from bait to jig or or vice versa. Those are the guys that crush it. Right. Right. So so is it the end all of fishing? Slow fishing? Absolutely not. You know, it's, it's a tool in your arsenal. That's it. It's just a tool in your arsenal. Right. That's fun.
1: You know, yeah. and active active fishing. You know, it's yeah. Very very active. So on those long range trips you're talking about down in the Keys, right? How many guys would you say are bait fishing versus slow pitching? Is it majority slow pitch guys now? Um, I'd
2: say I'd say it's 50-50. Really? Yeah. But a lot of guys are are doing exactly what I said. They're switching back back and and forth. forth. They're going back and forth, you know. And um there there is trips where where you know you'll see more of one or the other. Yeah. Um, I think I get a little bit of skewed version of it because whenever we go now it's like a johnny jigs private charter yeah so guys are coming out you know on a jigging trip you know? yeah but i encourage them please bring bait Bring right. bait you know draw
1: the fish in so i can catch yeah. them on my jig <laughs>
2: yeah yeah man
1: you ever like when you're out there do you ever troll for wahoo because i know that's a big thing do you I ever do. bring you bring your trolling setup? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here's, Johnny Jigs is right. trolling, baby. Here, here's a here's a level of honesty, right? right? So so I've got this beautiful Tiagra, right? Two yeah. speed. I've got this um, um, Daiwa Seaboard trolling rod with the Winthrop uh, bent but It's a it's a, it's it's a beast. C- it's an incredible setup, right? Yeah. The the Daiwa rod. I met the engineer who designed it. He signed it for me, you know. Wow. So it's yeah, it's that's it's, epic. It's a cool setup, right? And yeah. I bring it every time, and then I never put it out. <laughs> <laughs> because, Why not? Because I want to save my jigging muscles. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. But but man, on those long range trips, it's it's worth it to put it out because yeah. because I've seen uh, I saw a ninety pound wahoo caught on one of those trips. But there's always a wahoo. Really? Always a wahoo comes yeah. on the troll, you know. Once in a while, you get a barracuda and a blackfin tuna, and you're a little disappointed that yeah. you had to reel that in. But the wahoo
1: fishing out um, Pulley Ridge and beyond is incredible. Wow, but, Dude, I want to get out there sometime. it's it sounds awesome i've watched a bunch of your videos and you called a kitty mitchell right yes that's what that's a cover
2: of florida sport fishing Magazine. that's the one yep so that was on the american patriot which i'm leaving um um on thursday to go out okay so that's our our next adventure but um the kitty that kitty mitchell was that was a, a real real treat for me yeah because When I started um, fishing, it was a lot of my offshore stuff was taught to me by my uncle Steve. And we went on a a long range trip where he was kind of showing me the ropes of of these these trips and we crushed. We had a great trip, right? We we had filled the cords with mutton snappers and I've got these huge mutton snappers, almost world records. You know, they're monsters, 22 pounds and, you know, up just just fatties, right? Yeah. And, but my uncle caught a kitty Mitchell, a little kitty Mitchell. And so we do that, you know, back in the day, you get out your old camera and you do a spread, you know, and you hold up your fish. And I'm like, Uncle, yeah. why are you holding this kitty Mitchell? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, You may never catch one of these in your life. And I'm really? like, Really? They're that rare. You know, they were rare, but this this captain on the American Patriots kind of got him dialed you in. He got the spot. He's got a spot, but, but you're he, only allowed one boat, got, right? I think it's two to a trip. I right. think, I think it's two, but, but he's, he's got a spot for him, but I don't know anybody else who does. So, yeah. so it still stands true. You may only catch yeah. one of them. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So That's that was cool. a special,
1: special fish for me. Yeah. Any other memorable fish that you've had, you know, anything super cool that stands out to you? Hey, you know what?
2: I think my first Wahoo, you know, it was years ago. Yeah. Um, that one stands out because it was, it was, it was on the jig, Sure, we've since caught quite a few of them actually on the really? jig. Um, but another one that really stands out is I got a sailfish on the jig and right. that was cool. So wahoo are fast, sailfish are faster, yeah. right? So I was, I was on the bow of the boat and I was just reeling up my jig. I wasn't doing anything, you know, spectacular, yeah. but he hit it full speed and it, it was incredible incredible what'd you think it was oh a rocket (laughs) (laughs) i thought i hooked a rocket that's it (laughs) just took off yeah it's so so i mean it was first guess wahoo second guess not even a guess he jumped out of the water and i'm like sailfish wow right Yeah, yeah man that was pretty incredible so we were and we actually um that was a catch and release the sailfish uh made it but um they're not uh, common right to catch them on the not the jig. on the jig but i've seen a few of them really? you know but my obviously my numbers are skewed because i'm, yeah. I'm always jigging so right. so to catch one on a jig it's pretty cool yeah that's epic man. you know um but another epic fish is that i'm i'm this is something that i'm i'm working on is is really targeting swordfish
1: yeah i was gonna ask you about that there was recently one caught right in like 900 feet
2: yes yeah keeper right keeper first keeper in the u.s that's that is from our knowledge of yeah. what we know the first one that is of legal size that was wow. caught in the u.s um, um a guy named zach lawrence caught it and um, um he's got to be the luckiest guy on planet <laughs> you know and he He's such a devoted angler. He's a, he's a good angler. Don't get me wrong. He's a good angler, you know, um, but, but he was in a hurry and the way he had his gear set up, you know, it was just, just crazy. But so one thing cool for me about that fish is number one, it was the first one that we know of, of of legal size, it was about 150 pounds caught in the United States. Right. The second thing is it was caught on our Johnny Jigs one drop jig.
1: There
0: you go. For
2: me, that's cool because I designed that jig mm-hmm. from start to finish. You know, all the way all the way to production. I you know I I managed that one from. From, from the beginning until it was, you know, in packaging. And yeah. I fished it more than anybody mm-hmm. as well. And it's it's a really good Jay. And yeah. the fact that he got the swordfish on that was awesome. That's epic. Yep. But Zach Lawrence had a, a uni-to-uni connection from his braid to
1: his fluorocarbon, which is... Is that like sacrilegious yes, in the uh, yes,
2: <laughs> <yes>. world? Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, you want to you want to go either um, FG or you want to go PR knot for a few reasons because well they're they're incredible knots but also they're very streamlined right so we're right. using small guides um, is probably an understatement micro guides yeah. um, on these on these rods so you want that connection to be able to slide in and out of your guides right. and then also you want to have um, um, a good connection you know you want to have a good knot tied and and I have experimented with knots we have broke so many knots with <laughs> done it on youtube videos we've done it just for fun yeah. just to see what's what's the best because i want to know what's the best of course you know and and the uni to uni um does not um even come close to, to the <laughs> pr yeah or the fg knot and actually well if you guys want to know what the what the top knot um is from 40 to braid connection it's the pr knot okay and i have broken it over and over again i've showed video proof and every time that i do it somebody tells me well you gotta serve the knot and you gotta wrap this 20 times and yeah. this and that and the fact of the matter is no matter which way i twist it turn it pull it the the pr knot is better than the fg knot and i will yeah. stand firm on on my conviction on that because right. i have proved <laughs> it over and over again yeah but it's a hundred percent knot. so so we use right. the pr knots um but, uh, but Zach, yeah, Zach, Zach Lawrence, man, caught a. He beat me to it. 150 pounder? I would say we, it was a guess on, on the weight. Yeah. Um, um, there is some uh, pictures up on our, our mm-hmm. social media, Instagram, and stuff like that. You guys can see all the guys holding it, but it, it definitely looks 150 pounds. They didn't actually officially weigh right. the fish, you know, so, so we got a guess that, that it's sure. 150 pounds. I wish they did.
1: Where did he catch it out of?
2: He was out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. Really? Yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So, so okay.
1: not that it's nothing crazy so it's... all right here. Zach loves he loves
2: catching golden tile fish. Yeah. So that's what he was looking for. So he uh, caught him in those grounds. He caught him in the gold. Right. Lost a lost swordfish. Can I ask what color the jig was for yeah. those guys now that red. want to get out there? It red. was red. So it's it's okay. an orange, orange and red uh one drop of uh, five twenty. Okay. So the one drop comes in um um 100, 100 gram. Different intervals, starting at 120 all the way up to 520. So it was the 520. So if you're going to go deep dropping, you need a heavier jig, yeah, right. So that jig will get down for you. You could touch bottom, yeah. and and the old saying is, if you could feel bottom, yeah, you got a chance,
1: okay, right, yeah. yeah. Otherwise,
2: you're just flapping in the wind. Yeah, right? you, don't you don't know what's know. going. You don't on. know what's going. On, <laughs> yeah, right. If you're targeting bottom fish, you want to
1: be on the bottom, right, right. Uh, so, guys that want to get out there. Um, how would you recommend a beginner get into slow pitch? You know, long range trip, take a local charter. Like, what do you recommend? And should they, you know, they gotta come into the shop to get their gear, right? So right. what do you recommend for a guy starting out that wants to get into it?
2: I mean, a long range trip, that's that's a baptism by fire right there, really right? It's when tough? I've, no. No, it's you will walk off of that boat such a better angler than really? you walked on it. I highly recommend go on the Yankee Cap for three or four days, go on the American Patriot for three or four days. Because when you get off that boat, you're going to learn so much from either your mistakes or just the other anglers teaching you on the boat. And if you go, if you really want to dig into slow pitch jigging, this is what I recommend go on that boat and leave the bait at home. Really, right? Do it, just do it, right? It's, if you've already, if you've already, you know. Accomplish what you want to accomplish on um, yeah. bait over the years. Go there and leave the bait at home. When yeah. you when you walk off the boat, I, I promise you, you will be confident in your slow pitch okay. jigging. But for a guy locally who's not not looking to do the long range stuff, um, you know, there's there's obviously um, head boats that you can go out on. A lot of them are jigging friendly. Um, you can go out there and start with start with start with the gear you have. You don't have to go out and break the bank yeah. and and buy gear right off right off the rip, get the jig you know get get a few jigs get a selection of jigs so you can cover the water column Mm -hmm. um and some hooks and just play around with for a little bit if you like it then move on to the gear it's going to be better for you so right. i see guys do it with spinners i've seen guys you know do really? it really you could, yeah in micro jigging is is a totally spinner game but yeah. but i could tell you that slow pitch really is is um um a conventional game yeah definitely but but get out there move the jig around as long as you're moving the jig letting the jig go up yeah. and falling you got a chance right you got a right. chance you know and you'll get better and you'll get better and you'll get better you know i i can tell you that you know after you get a little bit of skill set to it you know mm-hmm. you'll start
1: catching more fish sure it happens that's awesome man uh, well that's awesome man i really appreciate you coming down here today we're down in miami guys we're at the new studio by the way but you guys got to go check out johnny Jigs up in pompano they got everything that you guys need slow pitch jigging if you want to do it you guys got to hit up johnny and go check him out at johnny Jigs tv on youtube guys thanks johnny I appreciate thank you
2: yeah help. thank you appreciate, appreciate it yeah For sure absolutely all right
0: Hope I hope did to you. No. awesome. <laughs> thanks for joining us on CCO's The Science of Fishing. We hope that this episode was helpful and you learned something for the next time you're wetting a line. Before we cast off, a special thanks to our sponsors, Gulfstream Lures, Tackle Crafters, and Black Reef Spearfishing. Your support helps us deliver insightful content to our listeners. Don't forget, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and all the major platforms. So wherever you listen to your favorite shows, we're there. Stay hooked by following us on social media, at Science of Fishing, and hitting the subscribe button. And if you know someone who'd enjoy this, don't hesitate to share. Until we meet again, catch them up.